Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now for Mind Your Business. And I want to talk about gaming hardware company Razer and how they recently won their lawsuit against an IT vendor over a data leak. The award was for 6.5 million US dollars in damages by the high court. The dispute between Razer and Capgemini Kept Gemini, I beg your pardon, came up due to a security misconfiguration which resulted in the leak of confidential information of Razer's customers and its sales over a period of about three months. Now, addressing the breach, Razer hired Black Panda as the information technology forensic expert to investigate the matter. So, let's find a little bit more about this company's role in the particular case. On the line with me this morning is Mark Whitley, who is VP Digital Forensics for Black Panda. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, guys. How are you? Very good, sir. I understand you guys specialize in incident response and digital forensics. Could you give us a background of this particular case, some details of the breach, perhaps? Yes, sure. Uh, Happy to. So, uh, Black Panda was uh, contacted by Razor uh, following um, a reported incident that they suffered. Um, It's quite an interesting case, actually. As you pointed out, Razor engaged a contractor to implement a system for them that was intended to improve their business processes and actually seemed to be working reasonably well for about six months. when they were contacted by a security researcher, a third party, notifying them that Razor's customer data was actually exposed on the internet, which is obviously very serious. Mm. So Razor reached out to us and they said, look, uh, we know you guys do incident response. Can you can you help us uncover what happened here? Uh, so Black Panthers um, responded and we performed our investigation. Um, and we're able to identify actually what did occur and, and more specifically we identified uh, that a single, uh, believe it or not, a single character was at fault and uh, it occurred uh, in a 16-minute window. And that's what actually exposed Razor's uh, sensitive data to the internet. So we, our job then became to present that, that investigation, the findings of that to, to court and um, I'm pleased to report that, as you, as you reported, Razor, Razor won the matter. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about this role as a digital forensic expert. You yourself have about 15 years of experience in digital forensics and high-tech crime law enforcement, and you've worked for the Australian Federal Police as well. I mean, when you translate that over to this private sector in that sense, how sensitive is this movement? You've got to work hand-in-hand with lawyers as well, right? Yeah, yes which uh, a lot of people would would say is difficult, but it's not. (laughs) Lawyers are actually nice people. (laughs) Um, So, yes, my background is in law enforcement um, with um, corruption cases Mm -hmm. and um, and, and in a federal federal setting. um, So digital forensics is a highly disciplined um, field. Mm. Uh, A lot of training um, and investment goes into uh, digital forensics experts. Um, obviously, in a law enforcement setting, uh, the objective is ultimately to take the matter to court where um, where your evidence will be tested yeah. against an individual or individuals. Now taking those concepts, we can apply that directly to the corporate to the corporate setting as well. Okay. where obviously the evidence is critical and um, it needs to be thoroughly tested and, and uh, relied upon. Um, the skill really is being able to, um, aside from the technical element, be able to um, present what 
what you're discovered or what your findings are uh, to to a court in in layman's terms that can be easily understood. Yeah, I would imagine chain of evidence is also quite tricky when it comes to uh, the the digital sphere. Yes, yeah, chain of evidence is a really uh, interesting area of the of the whole the whole uh, presentation of your facts. So mm. obviously. Obviously, um, people who are trying to dismantle your your case or your argument or opinion would try and remove the evidence first, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's not even a matter. And uh, proving that that you're in control of the evidence from start to the end is, is a critical piece. Mm. How would you say your previous government experience, uh, being a part of Black Panda, and in particular this case, was there anything that stood out for you? You know, memorable segments. Yeah, so it is interesting and. And bringing law enforcement experience mm. uh, to these kinds of matters is is critical. And actually, Black Panda is very fortunate to um, we pride ourselves on the people that we have in our team. We we come from not only corporate investigations background, but law enforcement, as you point out, and military uh, strong military uh, DNA in Black Panda, and that provides us with um, probably. A few, a few key differentiators, but I'd say we have a tenacity. Uh, we, we do want to find um, root cause or specifically what happened. We don't shy away from a challenge. Um, we, we take, we take on board everything. Um, we look objectively at all elements to, to a matter uh, and present what we, what we ultimately know to be. Uh, the facts of the case. Mm-hmm. It's also quite important, and, and you know, your company's pointed this out to set up an incident response strategy. Uh, tell us a little bit about this and where an SME can start. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. I mean, I, I, my opinion is, and I, and I think the facts bear this out, that none of us uh, are immune to cyber threats or cyber attack. I mean, it's it's likely going to happen, and uh, unfortunately, companies uh, are priority target for a lot mm-hmm. of for a lot of attackers. Mm-hmm. So, if you can accept that principle that that a company is likely to get uh, attacked at some point, then you have to start to break down um, what what's what's likely going to happen and how do we respond to that. And this is um, this is why Black Panda says that. You know that these kinds of cyber threats are not not an IT problem; they're, they're a security problem, mm-hmm. and, and they really are a security problem because they need to be considered from a risk-based approach. Um, so, of course, you would involve IT people from your organisation in trying to mitigate or, or try and resolve some of those threats and yep. risks. Yep. But ultimately, preparation is key for a company. Knowing knowing how you're going to respond knowing who your team members are, whether they're internal or external. Um, and actually, even the largest corporations will always rely on external experts to come in and assist in these matters. And trying to clear the path. Now, we, we see we see a lot of clients who come to us and, and you know, they've suffered some unfortunate incident. Um, if th- th- There's amazing difference in their response time if we already have a pre-existing relationship with those customers. So, for example, the paperwork's all cleared, um, there's trust established, those sorts of things are already done, and, and that's why Black Panda's developed the IR1 program, Incident Response 1 program, IR1, to try and remove those barriers uh, should an incident occur. So 
I would strongly advise that, that companies consider such arrangements and develop their team and, and partners carefully now before before an incident happens. Mm. As part of this incident response strategy, and, and I guess I'm speaking as an ex-government person working in the corporate sector right now, the private sector right now, how does profiling play a part? I mean, you think about, you know, forensic crimes or digital forensic crimes, and it's usually just the IT guys working with a bunch of numbers. Yeah. But does profiling constantly need to be updated as a company continues to grow? The different types of potential attackers, different profiles of attackers, perhaps. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting uh, concept, actually. So there, there are, when we, when we consider profiling from from an attacker's point of view, there's really two types of ways that that, uh, attackers get into a company. Um, Believe it or not, they're intended and accidental, uh, Mm. essentially. So it does occur, there is a a known documented phase of the attack cycle called reconnaissance, and that's where an attacker will perform all their profiling of a a customer. So how can I see what servers this this customer this company has on the internet. Um, can I probe them looking for vulnerabilities? Uh, who are their Who are their key staff? Can I send them phishing emails? Try and trick them into clicking on something. Yeah. So there is there is a lot of profiling that goes on by advanced attackers and persistent attackers that does occur. Um, it's interesting though that um, we we as incident responders will also profile the attacker. Mm. We'll sit back and look and try and determine are these people serious are they determined was it was it an accident are they actually after something more what are their capabilities and strengths um, we need to know those sorts of things because clearly it's not about just stopping an incident at a point in time it's understanding how they got in and let's block those holes and better prepare ourselves for going forward so it doesn't mm-hmm. happen again and that might actually lead you Profiling the company's staff themselves who perhaps have left those breaches open. What are some common mistakes when a company is working on developing an incident response strategy? Yeah, there are quite a few and it depends on different organizations. But okay. I would say I would say first and foremost, uh, like I pointed out earlier, that it it needs to be considered as a security problem. It is, it is a risk-based approach, developing mm-hmm. incident response plans and those sorts of things. It's not, it's not entirely a technical problem. Okay. And we see some companies, um, some are successful in developing their plans and preparation more than others. The, the ones that tend to be more successful uh, don't rely just on an IT manager or a CTO or someone like that to, to identify these plans. Um, they do reach out to experts. There are bridge coaches out there. There are incident response planners out there uh, that can come and assist and do this every day. Mm. I would say a, another area of, of um, where people can improve is testing the plans, making sure that they understand exactly who's responsible for what for what measures, what steps, um, making sure that all their, their procedures are uh, in place that are effective. Right. Yeah. Mark, just a final question, and really this is about cybersecurity threats in the future. You've worked on quite a number of companies, and especially in this particular case with regard to Razor. How do you see cybersecurity threats evolving in the near future, perhaps 2023, 2024? Yeah, we we definitely see a clear trend towards ransomware cases now. Mm -hmm. 
this is this is highly profitable for attackers. Um, there is uh, a concept as, uh, called ransomware as a service, uh, which yeah. effectively is a, is a business. And even you see, if you're unfortunate to see these ransomware notes, um, the attackers are clearly stating now, this is this is a business for us. We are, if you send us the payment, we will um, decrypt your files. So uh, if I can if I can give a, a word of advice uh, to to companies out in there. And, uh, in, in the world, in the workplace, um, be, be prepared. Expect ransomware attacks. They come through many different forms, but typically mm. through phishing links or, or, or a backdoor that, that's open on your network. But make sure you have all critical data offline backed up regularly. Mm. Um, test it. Make sure it's make sure it's right because nine times out of ten, um, decryption of ransomware is is not possible. Uh, I'd also argue that um, at least half the time payment uh, of ransom uh, may not be successful. So you cannot uh, depend on, on the attacker, even doesn't matter how much they say they want to be your friend. And yeah. we do ransom renegotiation all the time. We, we deal with these characters a lot. Um, the only certainty you've got really is if you've got backups. Um, so that's really important advice there. I've been speaking with Mark Whitley, who is VP Digital Forensics for Black Panda. Thank you so much, Mark, for your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. It's my pleasure and Merry Christmas. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.